Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Siada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. So, hi, and welcome to Change Making Women. It's the first episode of our second year um, broadcasting, podcasting. Uh, I'm Marianne Clements in London, and I'm here as usual with Siada. Hi, Siada. Hi, and I'm podcasting in Dar es Salaam. Yeah. And then we have uh, a guest with us this evening who is Eunice Baguma Ball. And Eunice is the director, founder, um, founder director, I think. I don't know, she'll correct me if I'm wrong, of the Africa Technology Business Network. And she's here tonight to tell us all about her work with that and how it's supporting women in tech in Africa and, and I'm sure much more besides. So welcome, Eunice. We're really excited to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And hi, everyone, from a cold and rainy London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, so I, I'm quite interested, Eunice, um, Africa Technology Business Network. How did we even start? So, I mean, I need to give you like the abridged version because I don't know if we have enough time. Just summarize it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, really, um, my background is I trained as an engineer, like a lot of us in Africa do, because, um, you know, your, your grades basically dictate what you study. Um, but I'm really interested in, I ended up working in sort of technology, technology startups, um, particularly around uh, fintech, because I love that it, it merged my technology background and love for technology with actually creating. So the idea of using technology to create real solutions um, really excited me and is what led me to the space. So I worked um, with a number of startup companies in Uganda um, creating mobile solutions around finance and around technology and I just really fell in love. Um, you know, also working on different projects on, you know, how we use a mobile phone to connect people to information about healthcare, about education, um, and just seeing how, you know, really technology is a tool for solving problems. And and, and what I loved, it's it's like this democratic tool where if you have technology, you can build it wherever you are from the world. It's kind of this equalizer. I think that's what um, I love about technology. Um, so yeah, so working in the tech, tech space in Uganda, um, I moved to London about three and a half years ago because my husband's job moved in here. Um, and I, you know, I was just like, I have to stay connected and doing something in Africa tech because like I said, I'm really passionate about, I mean, tech here in, in, in the UK and in advanced economies is really cool and interesting, but I think, um, tech in Africa for me is even more exciting because it's, it's, for me, it's about solving, you know, those big challenges, like how do we make education, healthcare, finance accessible to, to the masses, to people that, that currently don't have access. And I think that's a bit that excited me. So when I moved to London, I wanted to stay connected to that. And obviously, like, you know, someone new to London without a network here, I thought, how do I find people who are, who care about the same things that I do, which is sort of technology, the intersection between technology and, and development um, in Africa. And having not found, you know, sort of, um, a, you know, a platform or place where these, these issues were being discussed, um, I started organizing events and meetups 
um, just sharing with people, you know, my knowledge of the space and, and some of the things I had done and some of the innovations that were coming out of technology. And I think um, it really grew and the community grew and was real received because it was a different narrative than I think people were used to hearing um, about Africa. Um, it was coming from the point of view of look at all these um, really innovative and um, creative solutions that are being developed in Africa around technology. And I remember actually um, having an early conversation when I just moved here and I was telling someone, I was complaining about how they still took cash on the buses. And I was like, you know, in Nairobi, they pay with, you know, they use mobile money or, you know, in Uganda, I pay for my electricity bill with my mobile phone. And it was really interesting to tell people like some of the stuff that was happening in technology that even here they, they don't necessarily have. Um, and yeah, and it just kind of took off from just becoming a community and meetups and then, um, you know, last year incorporating into, a, you know, a non-profit organization that is now doing a number of projects around um, supporting tech entrepreneurs in Africa. Mm, interesting. So um, you mentioned some of these projects. So please just take us through your projects and the, your most recent project. Right. So, so. It's essentially, you know, when we, we, I started doing these events and, and, you know, getting a sense of who was interested in, in, in tech, tech in Africa and African tech startups and innovation that was coming out of Africa. And we basically started to build a network, um, particularly targeting investors, because our goal was how can we support um, the local innovation and the entrepreneurs who are developing, you know, African solutions to African problems um, and using technology as that enabling tool. Um, so one of the things that we started was uh, an annual conference here in London called the Africa Technology Business Forum, where we invite different um, investors, um, tech people in the tech space here in London to learn about, um, you know, some of the innovations that are coming in Af um, out of Africa, but also to present some of the startups that we've come across whose solutions we think are exciting and potentially um, exciting investment opportunities for the investors here. So. One of the, you know, the main, the, our main activities or projects is an annual conference here in London, which we've done twice, um, and we run it in London Tech Week. And when I ran the first one um, two years ago, it was the first time they had ever had an Africa-focused conference happening as part of London Tech Week. So it was really cool to be able to to be able to represent, um, you know, Africa Tech at, at, at such a global sort of um, technology platform and. You know, we we attracted the the attention of the Guardian, who wrote an article and interviewed some of the speakers at our conference, which was fantastic. Um, and then also through the conversations we were having with, uh, particularly with investors who were, you know, now you know sort of sharing their interest in in potentially supporting or engaging with African startups. One of the things that we realized that the challenge that some of them had faced was that um, some of the entrepreneurs maybe that they were being presented with didn't necessarily have the, the right preparation for um, being, I guess, invested in by an international investor. So we really wanted to, we, we realized like we can't just, um, you know, get an interest from investors and just simply, you know, run events and, and inform people. We really needed to also work on the other hand, supporting entrepreneurs to be ready to be presented to and to to sort of compete and uh, on the on the global uh, platform. So we started um, doing we started we decided to design an accelerator program, giving African entrepreneurs the skills to basically you know understand their business, articulate their problem, pitch it and present it in a way that would be attractive to an international international investor. Um, 
and really build their businesses from the beginning to be um, sort of businesses that have high growth potential that use technology and really just expose them to our networks. And the first accelerator that we run, we decided to focus on female entrepreneurs, which is another thing I'm passionate about. So if there's three things I'm passionate about, it's Africa technology and then, you know, female entrepreneurs, just women in general. Um, because I think for me, um, the overarching, I guess the main mission is for my work is empowering African solutions to African problems. And I think that when it comes to solving African problems, women are absolutely key because when you look at many of the challenges on the continent, they you know disproportionately affect women. So who better then to sort of come up with the solutions and to understand what is needed, especially in the communities. Um, African communities are basically built off the back of women. So for me, the idea of of empowering women and equipping them with the tools to innovate using technology and to grow and scale businesses is the biggest way that we can accelerate um, development in Africa and, and create an impact. So we run that um, program in Ghana with 32 young women, which was amazing, really the highlight of my year and the highlight of my work. I have never been prouder. You know, I've stood in front of like, you know, big name investors, you know, we've had the conference where people like EFID have spoken, and we've had people from, you know, well-named investors. But um, and even with all that, I think my proudest moment was um, our accelerator program with female entrepreneurs in Africa because it was just seeing the potential and just knowing we've literally just touched the tip of the iceberg of that, the ideas and the energy and the passion um, that these lady, young women had for solving a problem that they'd identified. And, those problems were ranging from, you know, solving, uh, um, you know, providing maternal health care and sort of um, um, giving, empowering young women with economic opportunities, with just a wide range of ideas. Um, and, and a lot of them were already, you know, sort of passionate about this and they just needed the guidance and the tools from us. And it was really, really impressive to see how much they progress across the program. But yeah, that's kind of our two main projects, um, and we're hoping to do to expand our program to more African countries. We want to run um, a Africa Africa program. That's the name of the female um, startup accelerator. We want to run, you know, programs in Cameroon and Kenya, and we, you know, we've already already been speaking to partners there, and we just, yeah, uh, we're really excited on just being a part of 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 of. of of equipping and, and, and unlocking the potential of young women across Africa as change makers, really. Quite interesting, and congratulations. This is amazing work. So in terms of uh, your target audience, so someone is listening and like, okay, so how do I be, how do I become part of it? What category are you looking at? Do I have, do I need to be, you know, uh, have masters or uh, do I need to be a tech survey? I mean, yeah. what's the category in terms yeah. of that? So one of the things that's unique about our program is that we take um, people from the very early stage. Um, one of the things we looked at is there's a number of accelerator programs and you know, much bigger programs than us already in the ecosystem. But I think the challenge, particularly around technology, is that um, there is a lack of sort of new ideas and a low representation of women in the ecosystem. So we wanted to solve the problem from the root because we knew if we went in and said, oh, you need to be tech savvy, you need to already be running your, your tech business, there's already too few women-led technology businesses um, existing. So you have a lot of women 
running businesses in Africa. I think they say we, women run a third of micro businesses and we're probably African women are the most entrepreneurial in, in the world. However, when you move to technology, which is, you know, for us is an important tool because it can allow you to move from micro to actually grow and scale your impact. Then you see the number of, of women led businesses dropping. So, you know, from what I've, the people I've spoken to so far who have um, entrepreneur support programs, it's like below 10% women led technology startups in, in their programs. So we wanted to address it from the root. So the criteria is you, you can have an idea or an early stage business. Um, actually, that's what we welcome because we think that that's where we can add the biggest value. You need to be, you need to really have a good idea of what problem you're trying to solve. So we don't focus so much on what is this amazing idea we, you have. We know that because you're so early stage, your idea might change. So we really focus on what is the problem you're trying to solve? What are you passionate about? And for people, for some people, that why, because that why is what's going to keep you going even when there's challenges or even when the idea changes or maybe this doesn't work out. That why, you know, what, how does this, pro why, is, why are you passionate about this, this problem? And once we write, once you can articulate that to you, to us, that's all we really need. Um, and that, and the commitment to, you know, to the program and to the, to the fact that we are, putting time and resource to actually helping you develop our idea. So really, you know, your passion to dedicate and commit to the program, your um, problem that you want to solve. Um, and we, we're targeting um, women between the ages of 18 and, you know, 35, because we really wanted to, to start with the young women that are potentially starting out their first business. Um, again, you know, we want to give them those tools to actually start from, from the ground up. Um, with regards to tech skills, we're not actually very much focused on like you have to be tech savvy. One, because we realized if we do that, we would limit the pool. And I think that that is the issue because there's already like underrepresentation of women in STEM. So if we, if we make that a requirement, we're already sort of really limiting who we reach. So we, we say just come with your passion, come with your problem that you want to solve, come with your dedication. We will, as the program, support you to access the right networks of people who could put you know if you don't have the technology skills we have um, contacts and connections with tech hubs who have developers in their networks of people that can actually help you with the technology side so we see our program as adding the value of enabling you to access the technology um, skills and networks you need so yeah so that's the basic criteria it's really focused on you as an individual rather than your business idea mm. Okay. And it makes me want to ask, like, um, can you give us an example uh, of someone who's who's come to the program? Like, I don't need like personal. We don't need personal details, but like the kind of problem maybe that they're yeah, you know, that they're they're looking at because it's sort of intriguing me yeah. <laughs> to know a little bit more about one or two of the problems that they that the people you're working with are trying to solve. Yeah. So I think one of our sort of biggest success stories from the program is a young woman called Ivy who you know when we asked her what are you passionate about she's like I really you know I'm I'm a developer I taught myself how to code and I'm really passionate about um you know getting more young women into STEM giving girls the the tools to code um, and one of the things we ask is what shows that you know that you have this passion what have you done in your past to show this is something that you're passionate about and and you know you know she shared with us that she was already she'd already volunteered at a school 
you know, for a few months actually teaching um, coding classes to their to their uh, young women. So we, re we, we really knew this is someone, she's passionate about coding, and she's also passionate about teaching young other young women to code. So she came to, we, you know, we admitted her into our program, and she, she knew she wanted to continue teaching women to code, but she had no idea on how to go about doing that in terms of either setting up a social enterprise and what would the model be, where would she get computers, would the, who would pay for the courses, you know, all these things. And so we obviously gave her all the tools to the program. We connected her to a mentor as well. And she was, she is one of the most inspiring young women I've ever met because literally she she was at the time completing her university. So she was juggling. And you have quite an intensive program because you have to complete assignments you have to submit like uh, your work you have to have a call with your mentor once a week and she managed to do that while doing her final you know for her university um, and you know she she created her business plan um, uh, you know with support from her mentor she created a pitch deck she was actually our runner-up on our pitch day as well for the program um, she then um, was encouraged to enter different competitions she won social entrepreneur of the year in Ghana she, you know, she, um, she was then shortlisted to pitch at uh, an event in Germany um, in front of Angela Marco, no less, called the eSkills for Girls competitions, where she submitted her business plan and she pitched her, her, her social enterprise. And she actually won. She won the global thing, like out of eight startups selected from around the world. And she was actually awarded 15,000 euros to now set up her social enterprise. So it's called Developers in Vogue, and she's currently training 20 young women with co through a coding school and the last time I spoke to her she'd actually already spoken to a number of employers to give them um, internships once they finish their coding so it was for me it was like we started in January with this young woman this is not yet even the end of the year she's already wow. you know, achieved this much she's not only impacting her own life she's impacting the lives of 20 other young women already and it just goes to show like if you could you know if one you know, multiplies to 20, then, you know, if you support a hundred of her, think of the impact that you can create. And, you know, just going back to, and the reason I cite her example is she literally came, she didn't even have an idea because she didn't know how she was going to do it. She just knew that this was the thing she was passionate about. Um, and I guess that's just an example of, um, of, of someone that's kind of done that journey through, through the program. And I think, I mean, I can't, you know, we can't take 100% credit for Ivy. I think she's an incredible individual, but definitely I think the fact that we gave her the tools to be able to um, do market research and speak to, to potential young women, potential employers who could support her program, who could take on, like, we gave her the tools to actually think through her idea, test it, speak to the right people, and we gave her a mentor who then helped her put that all together into a, in a into a coherent business plan that she then submitted to all these awards that she was able to win. So um, we can clearly see like the line um, of impact. And, and for me, that's what keeps me going is knowing if I gave up and I hadn't, you know, met Ivy and that hadn't happened, like, um, you know, those 20 young women couldn't be potentially, you know, going to be having jobs that could then impact their families. So, yeah, that's, that's one of my, I guess, favorite um, case studies from our program yeah it's great it, it's a really interesting story and um, it sounds like that yeah. kind of work will have an amazing impact um, and I'll tell you I guess later on I'll talk about uh, a, you know kind of another project that's kind of building on top of the accelerator that we're doing 
where we'll be featuring Ivy and a number of other African female entrepreneurs in technology because we're, we're putting it together into a book. We want to create role models so that, you know, with our program, we know we can only reach maybe 30 women at a time through a program, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we wanted to have something where we could reach a young woman anywhere. Yeah, so we thought about putting together a book of interviews of stories like Ivy's saying, I started, I started with just an idea and I pushed and I took the opportunities that came to me and this is what I achieved and so can you. So we're basically creating a story of inspiring stories like the one of Ivy that you're here, that you're listening to. Um, and for me, it's it, putting together this book with 20 of these stories of mm. different women who've gone on different, you know, J Ivy's journey is a, a different journey. There's one of the women, female entrepreneurs I spoke to who, you know, failed and this is her second business. So she talks about failure. You know, another one is a, a tech entrepreneur from Cameroon called Rebecca Aninchong, who's basically built a million dollar technology business from the ground up and she's been in the technology space for over 15 years. So it's like different journeys, different stories. Mm. Um, and the idea that anyone can pick up this book and be inspired, any young woman and be like, I can do this too. I'm going to do this. And, and for us, that was a way of trying to kind of scale our impact. I think for me, I was impatient. I was like, how many, how many of these women can I reach at one goal? You know, like with, yeah. with a program, you can only reach so many at a time. Obviously, you're limited by planning. You're limited by you know, time and space. But I think with a book, um, it's something. And we'll have a digital book as well as a printed book. So a digital book, in my mind, I see millions hundreds you know millions of young women anywhere reading it whether it's on reading it exactly and, yeah and one story impacting their lives so and i think one of the things as well which uh that it, it's great I, I see that you also you know asking people to become mentors and i believe uh one of the thing is like a lot of women i think we lack that you know the fact that we need to look for sometimes just a mentor to take us through yeah. uh so you know some of either difficulties or the know-hows and so on so how you know how is the mentorship program working out yeah as well so i think if uh, if i could i think when we asked uh we did you know obviously feedback from our program i think we asked people what was the most impactful thing and for them it was the mentors so even during our boot camp we had um um five female entrepreneurs who are already like successfully running their businesses come in and speak to the entrepreneurs. They, you know, spoke to them in groups, just listening to the ideas and giving them feedback on theirs. They also had like a panel just sharing their journeys and what they'd learned and the young women in our program could ask them questions. And people found that was like the biggest thing. Obviously we gave them a lot of tools and a lot of knowledge that was very useful, but they said like there is nothing like seeing someone who's walked the journey, seeing someone who's made it and really understanding what the challenges were behind getting there and realizing they're just like you and facing the same challenges and you and that they've overcome them and so can you. So so for us, I think that's why the mentorship is always going to be like key and central to, um, our, to our program. Um, and I and yeah, and I think that what we want to do is 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 create um, uh, you know, this group of especially um, uh, women who've, who've, who've walked that path um, in technology or in entrepreneurship. We had, um, we had mentors from 10 different countries, I think 11 actually, um, in this first program. And we had um, quite a few African diaspora women who were 
in their careers and wanted to share their skills with the young women. We also had, you know, people from all demographics, really, uh, men and women, sort of support these entrepreneurs um, around any with a particular area of expertise that they had to actually help them develop their businesses. So this is one way that you know anyone that is you know listening and would love to get involved is a way for you to get involved. So if you have skills, you are a successful entrepreneur, or you have skills in technology, that's one way you can support. You can go to you know halffutureafrica.org and um, you know click on the get involved link and register to be a mentor to one of the young women. Um, mm. but, but really, I think that um, we. You know, I, I think sharing, and I remember when I was doing, I was doing one of the interviews for our Founding Women books. That's the name of the book we're doing with all the successful women in technology that we're speaking to. Um, and one of them said, you know, when I asked her, what do you think could have been different when you were starting your business back home? I think that was Rachel from um, MHUB. Um, and she said it would be having had I wish I'd had more mentors. I wish I'd had people that I could have spoken to and looked up to. And she said she, in her mind, because she didn't really have access to mentors that she could that she could relate to, in her mind, she, um, she made um, Cher- Cheryl Sandberg her mentor in her mind. She's like, she's like her best friend. She knows everything about her and her life because she just picked her as this, this woman that she looked up to. So it was just really interesting to see that someone who is considered really successful now um, when she was asked, like, what would she wish she had had was mentors. Um, mm-hmm. So it just goes to show how 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 much of a difference that can make um, in a young entrepreneur's journey. Mm. And it, make, it makes me want to ask you as well, Eunice, about how you've got through challenges. Like, have you been mentored yourself or ha- how have you found your way through this project? Any, I don't know what challenges you've faced. Tell us about them maybe and how you've navigated through what's challenged you about this work yeah I mean for me I think it's been it's interesting I think that uh, I was talking recently about our founding women book so this 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 book project and um, I remember like someone asked me like how have you know mentors and role models impacted me and I kind of specifically remember the moment I decided or you know, took the step to set up um, Africa Technology Business Network was, um, I think I'd been in London a few a few months and I was just trying to understand because I'm really passionate about tech. So I was just going to a few tech events. I went to a tech event in Google campus and I went to this event and there was this lady who was like leading the event. So she was like, the you know, she was the organizer of the event um, and it was about fintech um, and, you know, it was a, at Google campus, which is, you know, kind of the main sort of tech spaces. And it was this Indian lady who was leading the event. Um, and there was something about the fact, I left that event knowing I'm going to go and do it. I had been thinking about, oh, there's no one talking about tech in Africa, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I can start something, but I never really did anything about it. But I saw that lady leading that event. And for me, there had been a number of insecurities that had been holding me back. First of all, I was new to London. I didn't really know anyone apart from my husband and his family. Um, You know, professionally, I felt like maybe my experience was only mainly in Africa, was not made either valued or may not be valued or relevant in the UK. And third, I was very, very conscious about being 
foreign, having a, you know, what is considered a strange accent here, of course, it's not strange when I'm back home. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, so all these insecurities that were kind of holding me back. And I remember like seeing her, she had a quite a, she, you know, she, had a, she, has, she sounds Indian, like she has a strong Indian accent. She's not like, Brit, you know, like some like British Indians who've like been born here. So she clearly sounded, you know, foreign. She was a woman. She was leading this event in tech. And something about that just gave me the, the, that push I needed. It's like that validation of, yes, I can do it because I've seen someone who, has exactly the same things I'm insecure about actually doing it and doing exactly what I wanted to do, which is do events around technology. Um, so I think that's just an example for me, I guess, where seeing a role model has 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 inspired me and 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 helped me overcome those challenges around those insecurities about being new in the market and not being necessarily confident enough to 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 feel like I could set something up um, here and be a thought leader in, in a sense. And okay. yes, um, mm. So yeah, I think a lot of the challenges. Someone I read an interview with an entrepreneur once who said a lot of the barriers I've, I face are mainly in my head, and I think that's the same. A lot of things of how can I, you know, maybe I can't because of X, Y, Z. It really starts in in in, in our mind. Um, mm. So the challenge I've been working through is is just giving myself permission to things and just saying yeah you can like just apply but you know or go for it or you know when i get invited to speak at things i just i have basically made it compulsory for myself to say yes so um it's just yeah it's just um it's just overcoming um the the, the barriers in my head i think that is, is has been my biggest challenge and i think that mentors and role models have been the key for me in, in overcoming them i think um, that's really interesting as well you know so how you said you know how you 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 took inspiration from that woman even though she wasn't necessarily formally a mentor but just seeing a woman in the space that like you said you identified might have had yeah. similar insecurities as you whether she did or she didn't but just like seeing someone like you i think yeah. it's a really interesting one because i think it can be so powerful that just on its own without actually yeah. having that formal mentoring relationship yeah. So um, my next question then will be now I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I would really love to, you know, I'm listening to this and I love it and I would really love to, you know, apply for it. How do they start? First of all, like we would love to have this everywhere. And actually, um, because of that, I'm trying to figure out a way to have at least part of the program available online and then working with mm. local partners because I can't be, would love to be in like every African country like tomorrow <laughs> and that's not possible. But we've currently launched a program in Ghana. So we'll probably keep um, running um, programs once a year in Ghana. The next country we want to scale, next country we want to scale to are Cameroon and Kenya. Um, so you need to be an entrepreneur in one of those places because the way our model works is we really, we come in, we bring international, we connect you to international mentors, we give you all these amazing tools and skills, but we want you to, to be supported by a local organization. So we always partner with a local organization and the reason why we want to make sure you're in that country. So for example, we had, a, we had quite a few applications from outside of Ghana for our Ghana program. And even though some of them were amazing, applicants we were like look if you're not from ghana our local partner that we've developed is based in ghana and is going to be here to support the entrepreneurs after we leave after the program and so 
if you're based in another country, you're not going to be able to benefit that. So, so at the moment, basically, to be part of the program, if you're based in Ghana, just sign up on our, and anyone, basically, just sign up on our newsletter on halffutureafrica.org. Um, and we'll keep you up. We'll keep you updated on which city or country, African country, we are coming to next. But also because, like I said, we really want to figure out a way to make this um, learning and and experience available to as many young women as possible. We're trying to look at different models of using online tools or mobile-based tools to make the learning available, and then you can sort of, you know, either go through the program through with with peer groups, and then we'll connect you to the mentor. So we're kind of looking at different models that we can use to, to make that available to more young women across Africa. But for now, just sign up on our newsletter and stay posted. <laughs> okay. So now, just to be clear, so that is now you're in Ghana? Yeah, we're currently in Ghana. Yeah, In Ghana, and then you're going to expand to Cameroon, Cameroon and, and perhaps Kenya. Kenya, in Kenya. Yeah. Okay. And so... Uh, um, our, our lovely question is, so how do you take care of yourself? <laughs> how <laughs> you do know? I take care of myself? Our lovely question. Yeah. yeah our lovely funny. question. <laughs> yeah. You know, when everything is, is done, you go home and you say, today I would love to just shut everything out and take care of myself. Yeah. This is so interesting being on the other side of this question because I've been doing all these these interviews with uh, our founding women for the book and that's one of my questions, like, you know, know, how how do you take care of of yourself? Um, Really? It's one of your questions. Great. I really like that. I can't remember how I phrase it in mine. It's kind of just, it's just, again, it's just, yeah, it's talking about... um, um, you know, taking care of your mind, body, and spirit. Uh, I, I can't remember how I phrase it, but it's like, the same kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've never actually thought of my own answer to that all this time that I have been asking. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess my answer, my honest answer, would be not as well as I should. Um, uh-huh. Like a lot of the entrepreneurs that I have spoken to, like early stage, um, were like hands up, admitted like I should be doing a better job. Um, but um, I think one of the things, so I I do first of all, I need to. Can I? I'm going to have to mix like what I do and what I know I need to do. <laughs> what I need to do is stop working. Please go ahead. <laughs> stop. What was that? Stop working at the weekend. Yeah, I need to stop working at the weekend. Hmm. Um, and just carve out time. I do, um, I do, I think my, one of my biggest challenges is, it's not even a challenge, it's probably a unique thing to have. I really, really enjoy my work and I'm really, really passionate about, about my work. It also means I literally don't spend mind spending my Sunday. Like, you know, I've spent Sundays where I'm reviewing business plans for like the entrepreneurs, um, you know, editing interviews. Like it's just, to me, it's not even, it doesn't necessarily feel like work. Some of it definitely does feel like work, like reports and stuff, the funders, that feels like work. Um, but some of it is it's just really from a passion. Like I would, I feel like I would do this anyway, even if it wasn't necessarily uh, part of my job. So I think that has made it a challenge in terms of my life and my work have just kind of blended into one. And I probably need to start to, as, as it gets busier and as we grow, I probably need to start to carve out um, barriers but what I do love to do is I love to travel um, and um, I do I used to have this issue of I got really anx- anxious and anxiety on Mondays especially Monday mornings 
So I started kind of doing a bit of meditation on Monday morning, just reclaiming Mondays. I do try and do something I really like on Monday morning and just before I start the day. Um, and, and yeah, and, you know, speaking to family, always making sure like I make time mm. relationships. Um, I'm one person. Um, I recently did like, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I remember I, we did, um, I did something called like a strengths finder test. It's this thing you do to kind of understand your strengths or the, you know, the, the, the talents you have. And one of the things that came up for me is, um, there's something called adaptability where you're quite a mobile person. You don't, you like, like moving from one thing to the next and blah, blah, blah. So there's one thing about me is I do, I'm not, um, I'm materialistic. Like I like nice things, but I'm not, re- I don't really get attached to things. I can up and I guess move home, move house, like quite easily. I guess it's why I'm, I live far away from home and um, I'm, I don't really get like too depressed about it. Um, but it, 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 for me, the biggest thing I value over anything is relationships and the fact that I believe, I also believe relationships are necessarily tied to being in the same place. I think you can be in the same room with someone and, and have a broken relationship. So I don't, that's why I think I'm fine with being far away from family because I think you can still invest in and build beautiful, meaningful relationships. So relationships are important for me, relationships with who I work and I'm lucky to be um, running my own organization, which means most of the time I get to choose who I work with. Um, so nurturing relationships, really putting time and investing time in my relationships is the way I would say I take care of myself. You know, luckily, Jijaza.com, they have a self-care challenge this month. Mm. So I will encourage you to join it. Yes. <laughs> yes, I should. Thanks for the plug, the other. I'm going to send you it. I'm going to send it to you, Eunice. It's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you should really. I'm just giving you a live read right here, to Marianne. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tag you, Eunice, in okay. what we're doing there. Yeah. We're just. We're just. Um, through September every day we're like posting how we're taking care of ourselves so much so in fact mine today was that I didn't do something because for me like sometimes taking care of yourself is like the things that you don't do that you know extra stuff that you're like trying to squeeze in because I also have that tendency just like you do I want to I want to ask you one more question you know so sure. if, if someone's listening and they remember like one thing what, what's the thing you want them to remember from this show I think anyone who's listening, I want them to, to remember that they have something very, very valuable and very, very unique to bring into the world. Um, particularly, you know, I want to speak to like young women, and if you're based in Africa or anywhere in the world, is that, you know, you're, you have something very powerful and unique to bring into the world. And a lot of the time that thing is disguised as something that would be like a weakness or something that you're insecure about it's actually the most valuable thing you know I think like they say pearls come in this you know this shell and you can't really tell and I think that was the case for me the fact that I'm African the fact that I'm I'm female the fact that I love technologies are all things that are unique about me on one hand I can look at them as weaknesses because I'm I'm in London it's not it's not my I guess home you know ecosystem is not where I have the strongest networks but it's where I feel like I have sort of found the thing that I'm passionate about and I'm able to create an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just think about the fact that that thing that you think makes you different or you may be insecure about or think is your weakness could actually be your greatest strength. 
um, and think about how you can bring that into whatever you're doing right now, whether it's your job or you want to set up a business. It is your, it is your, um, your unique selling point. Um, and yeah, and just bring it, I guess, into the world. Um, and the last thing I would like to say after saying something nice and, and inspiring is uh, an ashamed plug for our founding women campaign because if you want to get um, a book with the stories that I was talking about um, stories of the entrepreneur journeys of different African women who have started technology businesses across African diaspora you can actually um, get one pre-order one through our crowdfunding campaign which is going on right now um, and when you get a book you not only get a book for yourself but you actually help to donate one to one of the young women in our program and you help to fund, um, partly fund some of the training and mentorship that we're providing them. So it's kind of like the gift that gives them giving. So yeah, that was my, and my plug. I just want to reflect back to you that I, I think that what you've done creating a network around the thing that you're passionate about, particularly in this city, London, which is my home, but which is actually quite a difficult place to bring people together because it's such a, you know it's, there's so much that goes on here you know yeah it can be quite a challenging thing to do to bring people together um more so i think when say you know in kampala or in Dar es Salaam, yeah. where you know some that, that, you know it's a smaller kind of network of people yeah um but i just i just think that what you've done is is brave and inspiring and i just wanted to say that and, and i and i think the unashamed plug for your book it should you shouldn't be ashamed of it and <laughs> everyone should go over there so just give us the the actual url that they go to so it is um if you search um hashtag founding women on any like on facebook or or linkedin uh on social media uh, twitter as well you find us but yeah. we are on indiegogo so if you go to indiegogo the link is igg.me so igg.me mm -hmm. um, forward slash at forward slash founding women and you will find the book but if you just google like founding women indiegogo campaign or indiegogo you should be able to find us and you can order either an ebook or a printed book and yeah mm. and get your book by december definitely book for one yeah yeah yeah, we yeah. Got, I, in fact i've been meaning to because i noticed it last week when i was looking at what you were up to so okay. i i should be doing it very soon uh, you have 14 days left so. okay I'm, I'm on it i'm on it yeah. <laughs> we'll also put that link on the page when we publish on the page and in oh, our absolutely. facebook group and a uh, facebook oh, page sorry and twitter and stuff as well yeah we'll share absolutely it. and if they you know if, if people just want to get in touch with you um just to remind them of where to find you the best place to get me is on twitter because that's like mm. my that's my social media and i'm eb underscore ball uh, EB underscore B A double L on Twitter and for um, ATBN or Africa Technology Business Network, we are at Africa TBN both on Facebook and on Twitter. Brilliant. And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com. <laughs>